Yeah, I'm, I'm living my life like it's golden. Living my life like it's golden, man. Literally, that's how he preps. He eats fruit rolls. Okay. All right. Is that the uh, that the stock uh? Is that the studio, laugh track? studio laughter? Yes. <laughs> What up, mi gente? It's Vero Fuerte. Yo, the Krakar Americano, a.k.a. Mexican Nazi. And we're here to help you navigate the world as two Hispanics, Latinos, Latinx, brown people. What are we again? Well, that's what we're here to discover on the In the Spanish podcast. Each week, you'll listen in on two millennial minorities chop it up on what it means to navigate both cultures on and off the internet. Along with the latest in music, movies, and more. Here, here on, on the, the In the Living Spanish podcast. podcast. Buenos dias, tardes, noches, whatever time you happen to be listening today, mi gente. It is Vero Fuerte back at you with another episode of In Living Spanglish. And here with me is my lovely co-host, as always, the squid to our Spanglish rocket power. Because, aka, if you didn't listen to the last week's podcast, he actually wears flip-flops with socks at the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll let him, you know, expand more on that. No, I I don't. I didn't mention that. Yes, I, t- you I, t- did. I, t- I told you that offline that I were that I would rather wear socks to the beach with flip flops than wear just bare flip flops. So, are you saying that you've never worn socks to the beach with flip flops? Uh, I still haven't, mm-hmm. but I would. Okay. You know. All right. So you would be our squid to our Spanglish rocket power. I'm not a shooby. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, you would be a shooby. I'm not a shooby. Okay. Whatever you say. Whatever. Yeah, you say. but you already know what it is. Your boy. You know, our baby, baby, our Mexican Natsu. You know, Ricardo Mexicano, all that jazz. But this is a very different episode because we actually have a very special guest. Hey-o. My boy, Veronica's boy, uh, they, Isaiah, uh, T Dog, Thor 92, <laughs> whatever you want to call him. Uh, they got, got it. I made up some of those names, but you know, he can, he can talk, he can speak for himself. Go ahead. <laughs> got my own, I got my own claps. I, I have no idea why I'm here. I was just invited. What, on a Friday or was that two days? Was that Thursday? Oh, uh, it was Friday. Yeah, I think it was Friday. On a Friday, like, hey, can you come to the podcast? I'm like, sure. I listen to I listen I listen to you guys while I clean up my house or my apartment. That yeah. is the highest level of compliments. Thank you for that. And no. we're glad that we could be the soundtrack to you. You know, sweeping vacuuming your room. That's awesome. Well, it could be both. It could be both. It could be either that he just needs noise and he's not paying attention one bit. Or it could be that this is something that helps them clean. So it helps me clean. I hope, it's the, I hope it's the latter. Yeah, it helps me clean. And plus, Ricardo is like, I don't know. R- Ricardo's off. I-, I thought I was off, but Ricardo's off. <laughs> Why do you say you. that? Thank you for confirming what we've She's always off. known. Whatever. She's off. I'm not off. I, I make sense. Yeah, debatable. But I meant to ask y'all about this taco truck thing. That's what I've always wanted to know. So, because mm-hmm. I go to a taco truck, I go to uh-huh. Laguana, Laguana Taco Shops in Houston, mm-hmm. and it's a taco truck, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that's real Mexican food, right? Or no? It's crazy because a lot of white people have adopted the uh, the taco truck model within, like, the past, I would say, 15 years, mm-hmm. and they usually sell, like, what I like to call, like, the hippie tacos. You know, it's like, it, they're tacos, but they're, like, a little bit more fluffed up yeah yeah they got they got an extra possess a necessary possess yeah exactly but yes but but yes the taco truck is like very very mexican because you're gonna get the bare bone 
you know, corn tortilla with the the barbacoa, the you know, chorizo, whatever, whatever you fo- float and your if boat. If it's really, really authentically Mexican, you'll even get the double tortilla. So you'll have like the tiny tortilla layered with another tortilla, and then the meat and the cilantro on top. So that's yeah. how you bet them out. Homie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, I go, I only go there to get burritos. I don't really care for tacos. Now I, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, there was a white woman in the kitchen at one point. On one day, one day, she only works one day a week. One day, blasphemy. One day a week, she worked all the tacos for that day. (laughs) So that was like a Thursday. I'm like, oh, she only works on Thursdays. I don't, so I don't go when the white woman works. But other than that, I am very impressed by your um, level of discrimination, Isaiah. I approve highly. So (laughs) this is why we will never get sponsored. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But yes, a little known fact, or at least little known fact probably for our audience is actually Isaiah is partnered up with Ricardo and Jacob um, with their own podcast, right? Minority Agenda. Yes. The the lovely, the greatest podcast in the world. Exactly. The the second greatest. Behind yours, right. Behind yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it's been going what? Six. I mean, we've we've been on and off, but it's been like, what, three years? Yeah, if we count the one that we did when we were in college, because uh, for people who don't know, we started this in college, just doing it like a little just side project, you know, kind of fun kind of thing. And we recorded like 17? 25. Like 20, 25, 25 episodes? At TJC. Yeah. yeah, 25 legit episodes. And we kind of like, you know, you know, as with college and with school, you know, people kind of like went their separate ways. So we kind of put it on pause. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until last year when we got the ball rolling once again. Yeah, when I went, so, went out and bought all this fancy equipment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They're like the college sweethearts that like decide to take a break only to come back together stronger than ever, why right? You got, why you got to say that? I remember when I first watched you guys like start the podcast and everything like that. I had already had it in my mind because, you know, I've been wanting to do like radio and like stuff, you know, behind a mic since I was 12 years old. And I remember watching you guys when you started all of it. And thinking, uh, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little jealous that I hadn't thought to do it first. I was like, these boys out here are really doing the thing. They're really doing the thing. So I just like, I went like it was like half, half jealousy, like half inspiration. So I'd like to think that you know, at the end, of, no, 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 for real, for real. Let me talk. I, I, I'd like to think that at the end of the day, you know, like you guys actually helped you know, give me that like extra little boost of confidence. You know what? If they can do it, you know, I can, I can start my own thing too. So, yes. so the it was, boot- it was really cool watching you guys back the then. The bootleg we went through, the RSS oh, yeah. feeds we were going. <laughs> Bro, I think the funniest thing was like recording in that studio, like after, after we were done with like our classes or whatever. And like just the shenanigans that would go on, people trying to like busting in and out. Yeah, you know, people coming. Studio, yeah, yeah, people like busting mm. inside out of nowhere, then just like talking loud. We're like, bro, we're trying to record right now. Yeah, and just stuff going on in the hall. Like Isaiah will talk about the stuff he just saw on campus that day. Yeah, uh, watch the man get taken away for wanted. He was number. He was number six. He was the most wanted person in the state of Texas at number six. But Veronica, no, you um, Kid Credit. That 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 was your go to guy, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the guy that started it all for me. You know, uh, when I was a little girl, I used to listen to him growing up. And like I said, I was always like, you know what? Like, wouldn't it be awesome to get paid to talk about all of your bullshit and all of your shenanigans and have actually like and have actually people care about what you have to say? You know, I'm like, that's what I want to do. Speaking of, I want to get into the Latinx birthdays for this week. 
So this week, we actually have two very famous birthdays that came out. So happy birthday to Residente from Calle 13. And also the famed, the infamous, and I want to know, Isaiah, if you've ever heard of this guy, um, Chespirito, El Chavo del Ocho, turns, well, he's already passed away, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, happy birthday to him, posthumously. You know Chavo del Ocho? Charlie Chaplin. Well. Kind of, but not silent. No, Chispirito, uh, I mean, not Chispirito, uh, Cantinflas is more like Charlie Chaplin. Mm-hmm. But Chispirito would be more like... That was like 60, 70. So I would compare... Oh, the Marx? Maybe Karl Marx? No, Karl Marx is a German philosopher. No, then who am I talking... Who am I thinking about <laughs> with the mustache and the in the bowl hat that's not Charlie Chaplin? Oh, uh, are you thinking of uh, one of the Three Stooges? Sure, maybe. But, but I no, I know. I, know I, I would compare El Chavo de Ocho Chispirito more to like Red Fox. Oh, you I know? don't know who that is. From like, you know, Sanford and Son and, uh-huh. and all that. Yeah. I would compare more to like that. Like... If you're comparing it to like a black legend, yeah, like it'll be more like that. Okay, uh, when it comes, like you know, just like very, like like likes dressing up, likes doing just like the little gags and stuff like that, like stuff about the neighborhood and stuff like that. I'm gonna be honest with you. The only people I know is Lagermita and Costell and Mexican Black Batman and, That's George, it? and, yeah, George, that... and George Lopez. But a lot of Latinx people tell me they don't like George Lopez, and I don't know why. I guess maybe some people thought that his jokes were maybe being a little bit too harsh on his own people mm. but i don't know even then I, I feel like there's there's some merit to his form of comedy what do they say uh, about george lopez around you isaiah well i ask him do they like this show like the George, because that's all i know from mm-hmm. george lopez george lopez show and then the show was funny to me but again i'm not latino the closest thing for george lopez show is like i guess everybody's chris just in a different time yeah, and then there I mean, might yeah, be it fresh, could be compared. There might be Fresh Prince, but they were rich. They yeah. weren't, you know. So, and I'm pretty sure, like with the Joe Lopez show, I think he probably had to compromise a lot to just to get that because that's that's a very big show when you really think about it in hindsight for you know Latino people in, in general, just because that was the first big show that really went deep into like what I'm not saying at all, but like what a typical Hispanic family could be right they talked about mal de ojo they talked about like uh spanish stereotypes remember that episode where like they went into the white neighbor's uh, mm-hmm. a yard and like they broke the mexican statue with the sombrero on it yeah <laughs> like that was that was some wild shit bro but no like if i'm telling the truth like george lopez show was always the show that i used to watch to like ward off the demons in my bedroom at 3 a.m so when I was a little girl, right? I and not even that little. Okay. I'm about to say you were not that little. No, okay. you're probably like 13. Okay, so I was like over 16, here scared of imaginary demons. 16, 17. Demons are real, bruh. I say, do you believe in demons? Not in your room. Whatever. Um, yes and no. Okay, so you guys ever have like asustos, like where you wake up in the middle of the night and you feel like something like tugging on your ankle or your legs, and you're like, okay, and you try to played off like okay okay it's just my imagination like it ain't no thing i'm just overreacting right but that night i kept feeling like something i i'm not shitting you right now i kept feeling something tugging on my leg and i started freaking out and so i turned on the tv and there was always uh george lopez on like at 3 a.m so i just turned on george lopez and read the bible and that's how i felt safe again so that's my like biggest memory when it comes to that show. Joe Lopez would have uh, been enough to wore off some demons. <laughs> and you, if they were in there, I don't think he would have been enough, is what I'm saying. <laughs> speaking of Joe Lopez, and speaking of, you know, brown people who have made an impact <laughs> in your life, 
uh, I want to move on to our first topic, which is the main reason why you're here. Because I want to get your opinion on what was the Hispanic presence like growing up in Dallas and your personal interactions with Hispanic people. Because I don't think a lot, I think people outside of Texas don't know this, but like Dallas, and, and I know you could probably speak to this, has always had like a huge, but huge like Latino population, you know, mm-hmm. right? Like, like everywhere. Was it like tension? Did you get along? Was it like gang affiliations? Jesus. Like, <laughs> like not, not with you, but like, was there just like, like black people and Hispanics, you know, Mexican majority, we got along, but there was always like a very, there was always tension, you know, there was like, you know, it mainly because of the gang things, but we also had like, like race rumbles in like school where it'd be like all out brawls between blacks and, and Mexicans. So I always wondered, like, did stuff like that uh, go on? Uh, let's see. I guess I would have to start with my first ever teacher when I was in pre-K was Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Had I, I think I was like one or three black kids, four black kids might have been. And she was teaching us Spanish. I was sitting there trying to learn Spanish and all that. And then I would have to skip to fourth grade where I was one of four black kids. The rest were all Hispanic. And there was 18 kids to a class. So 14 Hispanic kids and four black kids, no white kids at all. Oh, wow. And this is in, this is in Mesquite. Surprisingly, we were the only classroom like that. Right. So all the Hispanic kids in my class would go to um, ESL to learn English and all that. So, so when they go to ESL, we'd be the only black kids in there. I just be sitting there thinking like, Yo, like this is wild, but they was all cool, you know. It was Fernando, Francisco. Like in high school, I wouldn't say there was gang fights in high school. I just think it was clicks. And correct me if I'm wrong, Isaiah, but you seem like the kind of person that in high school you were like the everyman that would get along with all sorts of like different uh, groups, like the jocks and like the nerds and like the, everything in between. That you kind of you know had a lot of friends in a lot of different places. Is that true? I tried to, yeah. I ain't gonna lie to you. I tried to just cause I want to know, yo, what you think about this? What you think about this? That's like I put on locker me <laughs> and Mexican and Mexican Batman. I, I was talking there to. There you go. I don't know who I was talking to, but they was watching it in class on their phone. I'm like, what you watching, bro? He like, oh, I'm watching locker me Costello and Mexican Batman. I'm like, this shit. <laughs> I started watching. I couldn't understand a word. He was explaining it to me, and so that's how I, that's how I got put on. Well, that's crazy. You brought up the whole thing about like the population within like the demographic at your school, because that's pretty much what my experience like growing up. It was like for the most part, 50, 50, uh, Hispanic and black. And I hardly any white person going to the school. I think I was telling Veronica, like, bro, I didn't meet my first white person until I was like 14. Yeah. And the one thing that I remember in high school that sticks out for me is that it was always the black people that would be so incredibly like attentive or so incredibly on game with all the spicy candy. Like that was the one thing I knew every single time that if any of us walked in with uh, a paleta de mango or the sandia, it'd be like, hey, you know, like, can I, ha- got, can I have one? So that's something that we always had in common as far as like the spicy candy thing. That was uh, that was always really funny when I walked in the Spanish class. I knew that I was going to get bombarded with those questions. And that's funny because like I've met people, it's been kind of split, like people who don't really know Mexican candy like that. Uh, I've met like black people and white people who like look at it and they're like, like, I've never seen that in my life. And then they try it and they're like, like, 
they can't even like begin to describe the Tamarindo? taste. Yeah, yeah, they're like they're like I don't know what that is. Like I've never had that in my life. And they're like and they don't they don't really know what to say. They're like I don't know if I like it or dislike it. I, it's just kind of confusing my brain right now. Mm. You, that's usually the reaction I get. Did you like Mexican candy growing up, or you, do you still like it? I uh, it had to be like I think it was like the red spicy. It was something red and spicy. I never knew the name. Of it. Well, that pretty much covers like ninety percent of Mexican candy. So thanks for the specific say. <laughs> was it like the chili powder or was it like the hard like like brown one? The hard brown one, not the chili powder. It's the hard brown one. Uh, okay, okay. Tamarindo. Okay, yeah, probably yeah, the tamarindo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you know, me and my mom would uh, sell at flea markets. So my mom okay. knew Spanish, and she just knows Spanish with the numbers. And then for yeah. me, oh, cool. when I got older, uh, because my mom was an ESL teacher, so. When I would get when I got older to work and stuff, I worked at Pet Boys. So over the summer, when I I think before I left TJC, I was working at Pet Boys and I would deliver car parts. So all the shops that I was delivering to, everybody was Mexican or Hispanic. And so these were like old Mexican guys, right? None of them knew English. Only one person when I w- pulled up to deliver parts, one guy knew English. So all the Dudes like they they would order through him, and they would give him the money to pay for it. And he's the only person, he, so he would tell me, "Hey, the shop is right there, or the shop is right here, or that's for me." He would never he like he'll tell me like, "Hey, they don't know English. I'm the only person who knows English up here. So how much is it?" I'm like, "It's like twenty nine dollars." Like, okay, and so he makes sure it's right and all that. But that's how that's what was my experience in Dallas. Do you feel like you picked up some of the language, like uh, uh, being uh, so close to like different like Latinx communities like that, or at least like the numbers, like your mom? Or I be trying, I be trying, and then but some some people, <laughs> some people be like, "Yo, man, you just ain't gonna learn," because they be talking fast, like they talk out, they talk old Spanish. You you, you can oh, tell, yeah. you can tell it's old Spanish because like I, some stuff I ain't never heard. That was one of my favorite jobs when I was driving all over Dallas. You like you would never imagine how many little Mexicos I've been to, or there's like it's a few little Mexicos I didn't know about. I ain't gonna lie to you. Do you think the? I know we talked about like you know possible tensions that you maybe saw when you were growing up, but do you think like overall like Hispanics and like Black people down here in Texas are much more like closer, you know, or united than maybe like let's say a a California where there is a lot of like more gang tension and a lot more uh, maybe animosity. Because I feel like the only other state besides Texas that has a very close relationship between the two uh, groups is like New York, you know, when it comes to like black people and like Puerto Rican and Dominican, because they're very close as well. So yeah, would you say we're pretty it. close down here? I think so. I believe so. I, in Dallas, for sure. And yeah, you see that with like, you know, Peso and like, and like Sauce Walker, you know, mm-hmm. just like kind of like the blending of the, uh, of the races and like, and so, and also with like SPM, SPM like yeah. had like a bunch of he had a lot of mm-hmm. black artists on on Dope House when he was like you know, you know still out. So I I feel like it's always been like a very a close knit, a very united front yeah. sort of thing, or at least that's what we always want to try to make it be. You know, of course, there's like different complications with things like that, different nuances, Afro Latinos and things like that, and that's something that we can definitely get into like on another podcast. Yes, it's still actually in the realm of um not really, but. Uh, it's still this within like my mind when you started telling me about this. Yeah, so this day what we're about to talk about now is very similar to the whole Rachel Rachel Dolazar situation that happened a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So apparently, there was a I was reading an article where this lady, her name is Natasha Licia Ora Benane. I, I can't pronounce her name. 
Banan, yeah, Banan, and she's like a, a a Latina civil rights lawyer in New York City, right? Mm-hmm. She is uh, apparently the senior counsel at, at the leading Latino advocacy group, the Latino Justice PRLDEF. So and she the, does a lot of work for the community. Yes, and for the all, Latinx community. Yeah, and she's also the president of the National Lawyers Guild up there in New York. I'm, I'm assuming. Okay, and she said that in 2017, she appeared in a video for Voice Latina. She said she was a cultural mix of Puerto Rican, Colombian, Italian, and some other, quote, unquote. But it has recently come out that she actually isn't of Hispanic descent, Latino descent, and that she actually grew up in Georgia and was of Italian, Irish, and Russian heritage. So she's white, white. I guess the big controversy behind it is... Yes, you're involved. You're involved in all these different groups that are pushing for civil rights of you know disenfranchised people, Hispanics, and that's why I say Rachel Dolezal because she was in 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 the essence doing the same thing. You know, she was like an in the in the NAACP. Mm-hmm. She was doing work for the black community, but you're not black, or in, or in this lady's case, you're not Latina. So. Did that discredit your work? Are you viewed as, you know, a phony? Um, well, you're definitely a phony. There's yeah. no question about that. But I guess it's like, should that should that phoniness discredit everything you would ask if it had been a positive, you know? I mean, this just brings about so many questions. Hmm. What do you think, Zay? I think people need to just, people need to be honest with themselves. That's what I think. Like with Rachel Dolezal, like they let Rachel Dolezal get to the highest peak of blackness. The NAACP mm-hmm. is the highest peak of blackness. Like, I, like come on now. Like some things, like y'all got to do these background checks thorough now. Like this wouldn't have happened if MLK or Thurgood Marshall was alive. Like they would have had something to say. So in the Latinos' case, what what, what was she doing positive for the for for the community? She said that she was a lawyer. Yeah, right? she was, she was a civil rights lawyer. So she was defending the rights of like you know, let's say somebody was discriminated at a store, discriminated against at like a, at a store, right? You know, they were like being followed around or they were being accused of stealing. You know, she would probably deal with something like that. You know, but you know what this reminds me of? This literally reminds me of that episode of Atlanta where was it a black guy that that he identified as white? Oh yeah, as he, a white yeah, old he, man? yeah, he was transracial. Yeah, yeah, he was transracial. That's right. He was a thirty-five year old white man. Yes, exactly, exactly. And so I have so many questions for these tra- types of people. And what was her name again? Uh, it was Natasha, which sounds very Russian because she is mixed with Russia. So Natasha and Rachel, like. I just, I think about when they decided to make this choice, how old were they when they did it? I mean, not that it makes it right or wrong, but like, what's your motivation behind crossing over to an entirely different race? Like disenfranchised, like are white people that bored where like they need something to care about that badly? They, I I just, it just, it's offensive on so many levels. That's what she looks like. So I'm guessing that's like, I mean, she she could pass for Latina. <laughs> she, she could. could pass. She definitely could. She could for sure. You think she could pass? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and it was the same thing for Richard Dolezal. I mean, mm. I'm pretty sure no, a lot of people. No, are no, no, no. I knew no, that. No, no, no. I, I knew that. I, 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 no, no, no. She has for a sure. perm, right? The curly haired perm. She had like a perm right? and all that. Yeah, like I, I think like off first glance, if you didn't think about it, she could probably pass for. But I think once you start looking at her, like for like a little bit more than like ten seconds, you're like, something's not right here. No, I knew it wasn't right. As soon as they showed me the photo, I was like, nah, that's not a black woman. 
Get out of my yeah. house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> definitely never had 36B. That's a, but, that's a, but that's the thing. Like, with Hispanics, you know, unless you're like Afro-Latino, mm-hmm. it's very hard to tell because we're such a, 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 a such a diverse mix of like a lot of things from like history and like colonization. So it's so very easy for somebody to be like, yeah, I'm Latino just because, you I'm know. I'm Latino because I'm, my family's from Spain and like my other family is from, you know, like, because there's a lot of parts of even Mexico where like you can be blonde and pale and blue eyed and still be legitimately Mexican because that's just the region of your born. That's yeah, just, just like, a nationality. That's, that's it. just a nationality. You are Mexican yeah. by nationality. Mm-hmm. Ethnically, you probably aren't. You're probably more European than anything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this happened recently again with uh, Alex Baldwin's wife. Have you heard about this? No, no. Alex Baldwin's wife claimed to be of Spanish descent. She claimed that she, her family was originally from Spain that migrated over to the United States. And she was, she'd been saying this for years, like years, years. It's not until like a few months ago where people started like cracking down and figuring out that she is not of Spanish descent at all. Apparently her family, when she was like a little girl, traveled to Spain a lot. And I think her brother lived there for a bit. So like this idea grew in her head that she was Spanish somehow. Mm. And you know now she's like over here trying to cover it up like oh I should have been more clear about it and like that, you knew what you were doing yeah she I was doing she was doing interviews like in Spanish and she was on the cover of like Spanish magazines like that's how big this lie was like mm. she was like she was posing as a as a Spanish not I want to say so much uh Latino because Latino kind of kind of that's more associated with this side of the hemisphere mm-hmm. she was coming to be spanish it's like mm-hmm. actual actual from spain yeah, yeah, which yeah. is still weird but like i don't know it's like it's like this fascination of like wanting to feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself bigger than yourself even if if your intentions are good to help out the community the fact that you're putting on this facade that says like hey i'm one of y'all but not really but why is that what even up? necessary for white saying. people to feel that way like why can't they just be an ally it's probably white guilt like i'm serious the white guilt is so serious out here that the rachels and the and the Tashas the of the world how to be up here getting perms and like dyeing their hair dark brown like it's ridiculous it's it's a i think it's a it's, it's very complicated like that's a very like like a, a psychologist gotta like really dig into your brain to figure out what what makes you get to that point where you think you can identify somebody else's nationality nationality ethnicity whatever you want to call it and then try to pass for it just because on the merit that you could be because you're doing something good let me ask you this have you ever mm-hmm. seen somebody pass something different in the military what do you mean like have you ever seen like somebody who's latinx but they say oh no i'm white i've seen people oh. You know what? I've actually had friends. I don't know. That, I can't really think about that. I've I don't had, know. I've had friends that are like what, like mixed. So they're like half white, half Mexican. But their dad, like whenever they have to fill out those forms, you know, for a school for like standardized testing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Whenever they say, oh, what's your uh, what's your ethnicity? Their dad always tells them to pick white. And I, I don't know why. I don't know what the motivation is behind that. I mean, their dad is white. It's their mom that's Mexican. But I don't know if maybe he thinks that protects them somehow. Or I I, know, I just always thought that was really weird. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. And then you have the opposite where um, I knew this kid in high school. His name was Kevin. <clears throat> and his dad was white, but his mom was Salvadorian. Uh, but looking at him, you would think he's like the whitest kid this side of Indiana. You know, but he would always I wouldn't say he was always trying to prove himself, but he would, you know, be associated with Mexicans, you know, 
he would associate himself with Hispanics. He would like, you can clearly tell that, you know, and I would see it and I would like notice in like comments people would make, you know, just kind of like calling him like white boy and stuff like that, which I, I think, you know, at that age, it's, it's a lot of just teasing, but I feel like looking back at it now, it could like really affect your, uh, the way you look at yourself or perceive yourself oh, yeah, in, in a lot sure. of ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you want <clears throat> you want so bad to identify with that other part of you, but you don't look it, so that mm-hmm. can like really mess you up in like the long term. Filling out those forms, like you guys <laughs> take those home. Like I, I I fill my form out for real, but I put if it's Hispanic on there, I put Hispanic. But if not, I put other. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. usually always put Hispanic, and you know what? I've I, never put white because I've never, I've never grew up, I, I, and I don't know how this happens where Hispanic parents like teach their children that, but. My parents don't know how to read English, so I'm like, maybe maybe that's what it is. My, they do now, but like, I was never raised to believe that I was white. You know? Do I, I, other th- Hispanic parents do they yeah. think why? I think maybe they they feel like they can get farther in life. That's what I mm-hmm. think it is for my friend's white dad. I think he wanted them to like. Uh, I mean, maybe he was just being realistic in a sense, where it's like if you mark yourself as white on like government forms and stuff, you'll get farther ahead. I just I found I find that so I didn't know other Hispanic families mm-hmm. did that. Yeah, yeah, That's do you've never heard of like black people doing that? Say of like no. tell us, oh no, like yeah, it's like not, not not even like on a more mixed uh, complexion, like somebody who's like mixed. Yeah, if it's mixed, usually what I've seen is if your dad is white and your mom's black you choose mm-hmm. you, they check other but mm-hmm. if your dad's black and your mom's white they choose black right that's usually what i see yeah I've, I've, like I've, I've never seen anybody take their mom's ethnicity i've always seen them take their dad just like they take their dad's last that's name that's interesting i never thought yeah, i've always thought way. about I've, I've heard of that but i've always wondered why that specifically like why did they fall on the dad to make you be black, you know, probably like the last name thing, you know. Yeah, maybe, but it's just yeah. weird because your mom is just as black as your dad, you yeah, know. But like, if you had a black mom and a white and a white but you dad, you take your dad's last name, you take your dad's ethnicity you know? on government papers. I guess that makes sense. That's that's what I always thought about. So uh, that's why I asked you guys that question. Like, like, so do you guys? Do some people identify as white. Do some people identify as Latino? That's why. I, that's why I asked that question. Hmm. Because I always yes. thought people just took if your dad, you know, you take your dad's last name, of course, but right. Mm-hmm. Let me just take his ethnicity too. Yeah, I wanted to actually tell you about uh, this thing that I found out was going on this week. I think it was earlier Tuesday. So apparently, uh, Coca Cola and uh, some other companies and stuff they were uh, undergoing sensitivity training, which I'm sure is very common right now for a lot of companies and stuff. They're trying to make more of a woke, you know, like inclusive, diverse environment, yada, yada, yada. And so what happened uh, in this uh, Coca-Cola company or this Coca-Cola warehouse is that during the sensitivity training, they had a PowerPoint. And in that PowerPoint, they were telling all their employees how they could be less white. And they start off with one of the slideshows. It said, one of the slides, it said, in the US and other Western nations, white people are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white. Research shows that by age three to four, children understand that it is better to be white. And um, they say uh, to be less white is to be less oppressive, be less arrogant, be less certain, be less defensive, be less ignorant, more humble, Listen, believe, 
break with apathy and break with white solidarity. And then they have on the next screen, just in big old orange letters, try to be less white. And that's what Coca-Cola is teaching their folks at their company. So what do you guys think about that? <laughs> this doesn't surprise me. At one I, I, I wish I was making this up. Such this a is white thing. It, the ironic thing is, it, the ironic thing is, it's just it's such a white person thing to do. Yes. This is like Kendall Jenner handing me a Pepsi all over again. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? I was I actually had no idea this this was going on. I went over to hang out at a homie's house the other day and uh, she's white and so is her husband. Her husband's got some kind of weird opinions like he's he's a nice guy and he's pretty open minded. But sometimes, you know, he'll kind of start to lean over into the whole, you know, you don't want to make white people as oppressed as the black and Mexicans, you know, because then we're all in the same spot. And I'm like, oh, you're treading on weird ass territory there, homie. Wow. But so he's the one that told me about this. And I started reading up on this. I'm like, I can't believe people are doing this. Well, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like what they said earlier. Like, mm -hmm. just just be you. Just be honest with yourself, man. Like, we're not. I feel like as like minority that's like black people or the brown people, we're not asking you to be less white. We just want you to just stop if you are, you know, uh, to stop discriminating or, you know, projecting that sense of that you are superior. You know, it's not about being less white. I could care less if, if how white, quote unquote, white you are or or God forbid you needing actual training to tell you to be less white because being less white is also being less oppressed. Like, what do they even mean? I, I don't I don't know what that means. Yeah, okay, so hold on, let me read because they it literally made me crack be less oppressive, be less arrogant, be less certain, less defensive and ignorant and more humble. I don't know. I, I think like what really kind of put me in a weird spot because again, the first time me discovering this, I was it was a white guy telling me this. So he was basically looking at me. You know how like sometimes white people side eye you, they ask they're asking for your like confirmation that is it okay for me to be upset about this? You know, um, and so he was looking at me. He said, now, don't you think, Veronica, as Megan's friend, uh, what he meant to say is my friend's Mexican friend, like this puts us back into like the same place as the rest of you guys. Like, isn't it just like fighting fire with fire? And that's no good. Right. And again, like, it's just a weird conversation to have when you're like the only minority in the room. We want civil and social change. This is not helping. This is that is real? Not, oh, you, you mean like, is it, is it possible to is have civil and social change? Yeah, is it possible? Big question. I mean, <laughs> yes, of course it's possible. It's just going to take a lot of work. And I think last year we really saw a lot of that with the, uh, you know, with the George Floyd um, thing that went down and right. all the, and all the unrest throughout the year. That's still continuing, you know, it may not be getting as much press, but it's still going on. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, of course it's possible. I just think people, they focus their attention on what they see as being, quote unquote, less oppressive to others, you know, as was like this, this training is displaying. Like they think that just changing these certain things about you being white, because, they, because it sounds like this is inherently what white people are. And I'm like, mm -hmm. like, it's not that simple. Like white people just aren't, Inherently this and leave this. Yeah. So yeah. Like, and I feel like that's the bigger issue. It's like you're over here already claiming so you so you're pretty much claiming that this is you and you have to change it. Where it's like more like you should just learn what the other people want. We we live 
in a world of white supremacy, right? But just because we live in a world of white supremacy does not mean like each individual, like if we if we start off like every little kid because of the color of their skin, they are inherently aggressive. They are inherently oppressive. You know, it's kind of like the same thing that they teach men. It's like, you're a man, so you must be tough and you must repress your emotions. You know, you shouldn't dehumanize anyone and instantly start off with telling them what they what they are and what they are not. You know, like, yes, we live in a systemically white society that like has white supremacy. Like that is a fact. But when you're teaching individuals, like it's not a good thing to imprint in their brain because of the color of my skin. I am inherently predispositioned to be an oppressive individual. You know, that doesn't help the matter. Yeah. Like that, that thing said, like at three or four years old, kid, white kids already know that they're already that white is better. I don't know. Three or four year olds. Well, show, show me a three or four year old that, that thinks they're already better than me. I'm going to kick him in the kneecap. <laughs> uh, on a lighter note, when it comes to the Twitter sphere, I know that you have a what the hell Twitter for us today, Ricardo. Uh, yeah. So Isaiah, if you don't, if you don't know what the hell Twitter is like, just a little segment we created where like I pick like something random from Twitter that just, just catches his fancy. Yeah. That just leaves me in shock. Mm. And, uh, and I think I know what it for, is. And for this week, <laughs> it's something I sent you. It's a oh, little short clip. That clip. Yeah. Oh, no, I thought it was something else. But okay. It was a rat, a mice, whatever. Inside a dude's peanut butter jar, and the dude. This in the, is a video, right? And the, yes, it's a video. And the dude in the video is like, "Yo, I found a I found a mouse in my peanut butter jar, and I'm gonna leave it outside in the cold, and see how long he can survive. Let's see what happens." And that was it. And the video just ends. Is there a follow-up? Nope. I think it was a TikTok. Was it not? Was it a TikTok? It could have been a TikTok, but I found TikTok. it on Twitter. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. How did the mouse get in that peanut butter jar? He he had <laughs> this this man left it outside on the counter, no lid, no nothing, just a savage with it. And he 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 has you know not saying I don't think he's dirty, but you know because with any house, no matter how clean it is, rats can still get in. You know, mouse can still get in. So got stuck in the peanut butter. A little small rat too. If you look at the video, it's a little it's little small cute. rat. I ain't gonna lie, yeah. adorable. I don't I don't know where this man lived. He doesn't say anything. I'm assuming it's really cold because you already have peanut butter, which is really sticky. Leave it outside in the cold. That peanut butter is gonna harden. I'm just hoping it was in Texas last week, cause that like is on the border of animal cruelty. No, no, that that video is uh, old. Oh, that video, okay, like, okay, okay. I think it's like for like a few months back. Okay. Yeah, and then like if you look at his hand, his fingernails were pretty disgusting. So I'm in, I'm inclined <laughs> to believe that. Always judging people by their fingernails. You, you can judge a lot. You can tell a lot by a person <laughs> and how clean their fingernails are. <laughs> are you looking at it right now? No, I seen it, and I just yeah. Until you broke it down like that, I'm like, oh, it's gonna harden. That made me yeah. think, wow, he maybe he's onto something. So, yeah, he's trying to kill the rat, pretty much, without even without saying it. He was like, "I'm finna kill this, this this mouse." Okay, so I have a lot of questions. Okay, like one of them is the fact that so if you put the jar of peanut butter outside with the rat in it, is it basically not like a homemade version of those? And I hate these things because I can't bear to look at it. I really can't. Those sticky traps, you know, that you put on the corner of your yeah. kitchen. And like, like the animal oh, will come in so do you and think it'll just like suffocate and smother itself. Oh my gosh. I mean, I've seen my dad's done that before. Yeah. Like, you know, he puts on sticky traps and then, cool and then he, right then he'll grab know. like the, uh, the end of a broom and just nah, break nah, his, nah. break his neck. I'm, I'm chill, homie. I'm like chill that. that. Um, uh, but yeah, it could have been like his version of a mm-hmm. sticky trap. He left the peanut butter knowing that the, that the rat will get in, that the little mice I will get in. I wish there was a follow up video so we could figure out what happened to that poor little mouse. But you know what's also cruel? If you think about it, if he leaves it outside, 
especially at night. Mm-hmm. It's only a matter of time before some sort of like bird, something comes in it and just kills it. Well, then, but then it's just like nature's the, law, you know? Yeah, it just eats it. Yeah. Like some sort of like possum, butter, possum yeah. raccoon is going to eat it because they already smell the rack. They already smell the peanut butter. Now they see the rat, they're like, oh, this is this is a double entree. I yeah. win. It's a two for one meal. Yeah. <laughs> Did y'all really just have a whole breakdown? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. wow. It was, it was like a 14 second clip, but I, but like that is great. stuff like that. Stuff like that you really got to think about because you're like, how do we get to this point in society where <laughs> a man can record? It's like that. It's like that classic video where that guy was having a, a funeral for his roaches. Like that dead roach that he taped down. You ever seen that video? I've never seen that. He like taped down a roach, and he made him like attend like this dead roach's funeral. Oh my gosh! (laughs) Well, you know what though? Like maybe it was like an F an FDA thing. Maybe like the Food and Drug Administration was trying to prove a point because they do say that technically you are allowed up to six rat hairs in a jar of peanut butter. But they're like maybe they were just trying to sneak one by you. I'm like, why don't you just like stick a whole rat in there and see if this dude notices? I don't think that's real. Yeah. Well, you know, no, that is real. There's like no, that's like a real thing. Like there's a minimal amount of like. like rodent hairs that you can be allowed in a jar of peanut butter, you know. How, how do we get rodent hairs in the first place? Is what I'm saying. I don't know because there's rats in factories. I'm sure. Hmm. But yeah. Maybe. Anyway, and that was your what the hell Twitter segment? Dun, 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 dun. Stop it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was about to say like this is your cue, Isaiah, to, to play your applause if you wanted to. Uh, damn. Uh, you don't have it queued up. I, or no, I... <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the same thing like. Because a segment like that deserves applause. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, R.I.P. Right. for the rap. My right. best wishes so, for the rap. <clears throat> so moving on to the last segment. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yes, yes. So this is the well-known and well-beloved by all two of our listeners, I'm sure. Good looking out. So this is the segment where we go ahead and we talk all about what we've been watching, what we've been listening to this week, movie, music, uh, TV shows, you name it. So for this week... I actually chose this uh, particular TV show that it's new on Netflix. It just came out this week because of a viral clip that went on Twitter from this TV show called Ginny and Georgia on Netflix. And the clip, it's fairly short, but it's basically, it has a uh, mixed girl talking to, I think what seems to be like an Asian descent teenager. So they're both teens and they're going back and forth. And you know, there's witty dialogue, this, that, and the other. Asian descent teenager. Yeah. I don't know what else to call him. I don't know what he actually is. He might be Vietnamese. I don't know. <laughs> he looks like he's of Asian descent. Sure. <laughs> Asian descent teenager. Just I was just trying to establish the age. <laughs> so they basically went back and forth and they said, oh, well, you know, you're not black enough. Oh, well, you're not Asian enough. Okay. Well then let's see who's the most minority. Like let's have an oppression Olympics. Right. And just the phrase oppression olympics i think is what made this clip go so viral on twitter because everyone who watched this video i was reading the comments and they're like what did i just watch are they actually putting this kind of tv show on netflix like i don't understand so all of that being said it was enough to intrigue me to actually watch the show and i have to say i actually like it so again of course the- you would so again, again, 
Uh, the show is called Ginny and Georgia. So it's got a very, like, if you guys have ever seen Gilmore Girls, it's got a very, like, mother-daughter, like, witty rapport, fast, like, fast-talking back and forth mm-hmm. kind of vibe to it. Very young, very young mom named Georgia who uh, runs away from her past life with her two kids, Ginny and Austin, and they start life over in a new town in the Boston or whatever the fuck. And so the the thing about the show is that it's very fast paced, it's very witty, and they pull absolutely no punches when it comes to like Ginny, like the daughter not feeling white or black enough, the legalization of weed, uh, people with special needs, racism. It's funny because they try to balance out all of these really um, sensitive subjects with the storyline of figuring out Georgia, the mom's past. It's just a really weird formula because when you watch it, it can be really cheesy. And I'm not going to lie, it's like super cringy at times. But it's also really funny and one of the more entertaining TV series that I've seen in a little while. So while it's edgier than something like the Gilmore Girls, and I thought that I was going to roll my eyes a lot more times than I did. I actually ended up liking it a lot. And so that's Ginny and Georgia. But I would say that it's a definite watch. If you're curious about it, I would say it's seven out of 10 Veronica stars for sure. So what you're saying is that me and others should stay far away from this type of TV series. Absolutely. Well, I don't know if Gilmore Girls is not your thing, then I would definitely not watch this. But if Gilmore Girls was kind of your thing and you want a little edgier spice to it, then I say check it out. Isaiah, you rocking with Gilmore Girls? No. No. Okay. Well, you know what? I tried. I try. I try to watch Gilmore Girls. It really wasn't my thing. Um, so it's okay. I, I've never met a guy that actually likes Gilmore Girls, and I try to get an ex to watch it so many times, and he just would not. He's like, "I'm sorry, I can't. I can't fuck with this." Now, Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> hey, hey. hey. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The Kyle X Y. Kyle X Y was a shit, bro. No belly button having dudes, yeah, man. That's where that's why. That's why I figured out about Sour Patch Kids. Because, ah, that, because of Kyle why that's, that's why I first learned about Sour Patch Kids. Oh, I mean, it, it sounds interesting. It's just that clip. Did you see that clip? Oh, which, one? which one? Of like that show where like they were going back and forth talking about who was more oppressed. The Oppression Olympics. And like, no. like I don't know, just kind of. It rubbed you the wrong way. It just it, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. It's just like that that kind of like dialogue back and forth. I'm like, look, they're trying to. Hard. Yeah, I'm just like, yo, look, I get, I can get satire, I can get trying to be funny, but there's like a point where I'm like, bro, like. You can't. You no. you can't you can't disguise what you how you because it's like it's like very real but real in a sense where like you're tr- it comes from like a pure fantasy mm-hmm. to where like you want this to be real but it's not people do not talk like this yeah and yeah. and that's I'm, where that's where my distaste of that scene in particular comes yeah. from. I can't I can't dismiss the whole show but that takes it that that scene in particular no and I agree with you again that's why it was so controversial and I was so drawn to check it out because everyone had such like really strong opinions about it. The things I've been excited about this week, um, one for Snowfall. Snowfall is back. Mm-hmm. So I still need to get on Snowfall. I still haven't watched it, but I hear it's really good. Oh, it's really good. You would like it. You would like it. I feel all, like I would. All the drugs you've sold, you would understand. Oh, wow. Are we putting it? <laughs> okay, we're, pull, we're calling an audible, and we're going to edit this part out of the podcast. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm kidding, but no, you would like kidding. it. Complete jokes. I think yes. you, you all would, jokes. You would really like that. But uh, also, number two, I've really been excited since they put out the clip of Elliot Stabler and Olivia. They're back together on Law & Order SVU. They're doing a cross. Oh, 
you're a law and order junkie. Yes, they're doing a crossover episode, <laughs> and it's Elliot Stabler's gonna have his own series. You're so funny. Oh my gosh, I know I would have never pegged you for a law and order junkie, Zay. That's listen, crazy. Listen, I've been watching Law and Order since 2005, every day, <sighs> nonstop. So you re- you a, you're a real fan. I'm a real yeah. fan. Uh, listen, I was on the USA Network. I watch Law and Order. So you watched the Justin Bieber episode, the uh, yes. the Bow the, the Bow Wow episode, Robin Williams episode. The Robin Williams episode was really good, actually. That's one of the few ones I've seen. The Chris Brown, uh, Riri, the Lud- no Ludacris episode. That's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, I, I remember seeing clips about the Ludacris. Yeah, episode. he got two. He got two episodes. There's a part one and a part two. Part two go hard, boy. I'm n- I was never a big big CSI SVU junkie. I've seen a couple episodes here and there just because I will I'll turn on USA. I guess. SVU is going to be around forever. I don't know how they're going to. Yeah, they, that's true. How they would cancel that? Me not trying to be funny, but is there like a Hispanic version of Mari, like in Mexico? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, Christina. Yeah. Oh my god. That was from Peru, though. She was oh, Peruvian. Yeah. I didn't know that was from Peru. I mm-hmm. don't know. I just knew that it came. Oh, there's a, there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot. Yes. Hispanic people eat that stuff up. They oh, love that Hispanics stuff. Hispanics love the drama. They, they take drama. care of their kids. <laughs> We yeah. love it. Had, that is not your padre. They had Cristina. They had La, la Señorita Laura. Uh-huh. Laura. Laura was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, there's not too many of those. Those those are kind of like, they've died out for the most part. Okay. But in their heyday, they were huge, huge. And now now we have Just more. Like yeah. Yeah. And now it's more like uh, Caso Cerrado, which is like a court show, which is really big. And uh, Doce Corazones was like a dating game show that was really big at one point. Uh, but a lot of that, you know, kind of like with in America, a lot of those right. stuff has kind of died out. You don't really see it as much anymore. Right. Okay. Yeah, I know. But when it was popular, it was popular. Like, I remember my abuelitas and my mom just sitting around the couch, you know, just eating all of the drama. Yeah. Uh, it was crazy. Because you knew, you knew somebody was about to eventually get slapped. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you know. Or having, like, a chair thrown at them. It yeah, a chair stuff. thrown at them. You know. Uh, Classy TV. You know, uh, middle-aged, you know, Hispanic men wrestling to the ground. Like, it was, you know, it was a good time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so my good looking out is uh, the latest episode of WandaVision, uh, episode eight. It is the second to last episode, I believe, because I think next week is the series finale. But this is definitely this, this is definitely a. I'm not gonna spoil anything, but this is definitely a, a doozy. Uh, if you're a big fan of like Age of Ultron and you're just a fan of the the Avengers uh, MCU storyline and all that, you would really love this one because it really goes back and explores a lot of those themes that we thought we really understood and kind of open them up and bring them more light into Wanda's life and what happened and what eventually led her to create this town in the show mm-hmm. and you know why she needs vision back so bad very very great episode probably the best one of the uh of the series so far but we still have one more episode to go go see it if you haven't i give it like nine stars out of ten uh, very emotional I don't understand his purpose. What is Vision's purpose? What do you mean? What does Vision do? What does Vision do? Tell me what Vision does. He's like a he's a stone. He came from the from the from the time stone. A stone. The only stone I know is Sauce Walker. That's the only stone I know. The one on his face? Yes. No, what about Uzi Stone? That's fake. That's fake? That's fake. <laughs> no, like Vision came from a stone, the time stone mixed with uh was Ultron? Remember the the robot that Tony Stark made, that yeah. Iron Man, the Iron Man made. That they kind of like, you know, he went crazy. He tried to kill like all of humanity. Since Vision is like a, a literal stone, he took the like a human form through through Ultron, his physical AI body. So Wanda's in love with the Rock. He 
of a sentient yeah. weapon, pretty oh, much okay. of okay. like a of a weapon and like this cos this cosmic energy, pretty much of like mm-hmm. space and time, mm-hmm. condensed into a rock. So and- she basically gave up on all men and said, "I'm gonna start dating rocks now." Yes. Yeah. Okay. A really cool looking rock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Dope. N- yeah. He's not Dwayne the Rock Johnson, but he is a rock and a AI sentient, super powerful machine that can wipe out existence if he wanted to. So yeah. Vi- I haven't seen this episode yet, but I'm excited to. Vi- you like Vision? Yeah, you, you, so I do. You, you like He's the- actually my favorite. I know yeah. nothing about superheroes, so like this watching of WandaVision along with you, like the the first couple of episodes, I'm actually really invested, and I'm surprised because normally I don't give a crap about that kind of like stuff. Vision. But no, Ricardo. When I saw Vision, when I saw Thanos pull the stone out of his head, I celebrated. I was celebrating. I was with Thanos. Hey, I was rocking with Thanos. Thanos had he had something going on. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was rocking. I mean, with he's Thanos. cool. Though the reason people like him, I get it. Yeah, yeah. But like, man, like I don't think you should have done Division. One Division is wrapping up. Disney Plus. You already know what it is. It's the game. Uh, that's it. That's it. Okay. Wait, oh, well, that- wait. Hold on. I had a un. Wait. What was y'all think? Unpopular opinion. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I didn't have one this week. Um, I I don't really have one prep, but yeah, go ahead, hit us with it. One. What's your unpopular opinion? Okay, today? my unpopular opinion is Disney Channel movies, or Disney Channel original movies, stop being good after two thousand and eight. Mm, after 2008 after, what, that's what, way too early uh, what came out of, I feel like something good came out of 2008 that you liked I'm sure there is um, I feel like that's way too early okay say. so you like Camp Rock 2 the final jam no hold when, on. Did, when did the first Camp Rock come out because I like the first Camp Rock 2008 mm. <laughs> mm. There's no let's way. talk let's talk Wait, what about the one with, uh, with oh, Corbin I'm Blue sorry. and Kiki Palmer I'm sorry 2009 because I like Hatch and Pete Hatch and Pete my shit what about Jump In? When did that come out? That was like Jump 2005. Jump In, I think, came out 2000. Oh, yeah, 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 huh? yeah. 2005. 2005. It did? With Kiki and Corbin Blue? Yeah. That was my shit. I love Kiki Palmer. Corbin, really? Corbin that was, Blue was that like was that 45. Man. You know what? I don't think that that's that unpopular of an opinion, but because I, I'm inclined to actually agree with you. Let me see. What movies came out after 2008? Uh, oh, Disney movies. I'm trying to look for Disney original, original movies. movies. Um, let's uh, see. I'm on the Wikipedia page. I, I'll send it to you. I think my... If I had like... I can't read the unpopular opinion. What's still going on with George? I just want to see if I could think of one. Uh, we no longer need white women. Like That could be very... Nah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll save that for the next one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a little bit too extreme. Check, yeah, check your Twitter, see. Ricardo. Oh, you sent it? Yes. Okay, I got it. Okay, let's see. In 2019, we have Hatching Pete. We have the Princess Protection Program. Oh, you didn't like Wizards of uh, Waverly Place, no, the movie? I hated the show, hated the movie. No. What? You know what? I don't really fuck with the show like that, but I kind of like the finale, which is weird because I didn't really follow the show. You didn't like the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody movie? That was actually pretty good. I didn't watch that. Okay, I'm about to say that one's pretty good. Uh, let me see. I never saw, but like, I stopped watching uh, Disney Channel around 2010, 2011, so I missed a lot of uh, things after that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think actually, Zay, I'm with you. Like, I'm looking at some of these that are supposed to be really popular. Like, I have a friend who has a kid that's in love with Descendants. Have you guys heard about that? No. So Descendants is this Disney Channel original movie that basically has all the uh, Disney characters like Maleficent and, like, all the villains, um, like, just teenagers when they're in school. 
and uh, it's kind of like a musical. And like um, her kid is obsessed with it. But I just I can't see myself even when I was at that age fucking it with it like that. So I don't know. I'm I'm inclined to. Do, I didn't realize it was that long ago. 2018 since the last really good Disney original yeah. movie. I, but but I'll, I'll say this. I liked Hatching Pete. Hatching Pete was a good movie. That's the one with uh, the blonde-haired guy, right? Yeah, the yeah. Tweety or something like that? Uh, yeah, he had the costume. Yeah, he would dress up as the mascot, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that one was cool. Oh, in 2019, they had Hannah Montana, the movie. Uh, hello? What? We're not... 2009. 2009, Hannah Montana, the movie. I forgot what that was even about. She, I can't she, remember the plot. They like, uh, they, like, shipped her back to Alabama or Mississippi or wherever she was from, and she fell in love with a cowboy or something She had to like be that. from Tennessee. I, I don't think she was from Alabama. <laughs> I, don't know. I had no idea, bruh. Do you, oh, it was some, of, some Bible Belt. Speaking thing. of Disney Channel, do, do y'all claim, does Dallas claim Mitchell Musso? Wait, what? Mitchell Musso, the guy who played uh, the, uh, I, got, I forgot his name, in Hannah Montana. The guy, best friend in Hannah Montana. He's from Dallas? Yeah, I know Selena Gomez is from Grand Prairie. Yeah, and also Demi Demi Lovato too. And uh, what's the girl's name? Well, yeah, we know, we know, we don't. Cl- I don't claim Demi Lovato after all the drugs. Yeah, but, Mitchell um, Musso. I didn't know he was from Dallas. You know they what? Say, they say he grew up in. He said he was born in Garland, but he oh. moved around a lot. He said he was like involved in community theater in Dallas, and he also grew up in Rockwall. I didn't know oh. that. Oh, okay. I, didn't I always, know that. I always knew he was from like Dallas because my brother, who works in who who works at a restaurant in Tyler, uh-huh. uh, t- has told me that he's passed through there before to eat at that restaurant. Then yeah, he's deaf. Oh, if he's in Rockwall, he's probably stayed in Rockwall. He's that's where all the nice big houses are. Yeah, I don't know where he lives now, but yeah, apparently that's where uh, that's where he's from. Oh yeah, he definitely stayed in Rockwall. He threw those disney channel checks i mean i think that goes ahead that wraps it up for this week's podcast thank you so much for joining us today it has been a pleasure yeah i feel i feel honored to be here i again i listen every week i don't know why i have to clean my house every week i just have to so (laughs) i either so when you guys either like put it out on friday usually i listen to you guys on sunday last week i listened i listened to you guys on saturday for some, for I think I seen your tweet, so I was like, "Oh, there's, there's a new episode out." Boom! Let me listen. Start cleaning right away. Well, cool, cool. Now you'll mm-hmm. be able to hear, you know, your the sultry sounds of your voice on this week's episode. Right. So, so well, I, I guess. Um, oh, go right, go right. Ahead. No, so like the reason why I like you guys' podcast is because when you guys talk and like uh, one time you guys were talking about Kanye and his album and all that, I paused the podcast to see what y'all were talking about went back listen to the whole album then come back to your podcast and finish it like i do stuff during your podcast to make me wait a minute they did what and then i'd have to go look at myself and then i just start, i start back like with you guys like i'm still, okay. I'm still there in the room that's what i do with uh, you guys okay the stuff, that means we're hip you gotta go that's what that means and we just killed our yeah right yeah, yeah that's right that's right the 92 year old in me came out what can i say what can i say <laughs> to round this out uh this was hella fun and i hope that you join us again one day Zay. this is vero fuerte ricardo mexicano and our special guest isaiah thornton aka zay got it on the twitter sphere closing out in living spanglish we out oh.